everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildcat Playbook Podcast right here at Beyond the Big Ten. Make sure you follow us at Beyond the Big Ten wherever you enjoy your socials. We're covering your action for college football and college basketball all season long with weekly content up to the minute news. So make sure you please check us out. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Let's bring in our host to talk about God, we're getting we're getting tired over here talking about all these cats wins. Uh cats <laughs> win again, twenty three to fifteen over Purdue. Let's talk uh, bring in our host. He's former Bears defensive end. Former Wildcats standout, CHGO's very own, Fox 32's very own, and West End Golf Club giving you some fantastic holiday deals coming up right around the corner. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's up, Joey? Um, another great week, man. Northwestern. They're going bowling, baby. They are going bowling. Who who would have thought that, Joey? Just this guy right here, right? <laughs> uh, I, I was, yeah. Him, man. They called me Wooshadamus, man. They called me Wooshadamus. No. You did. But, you- <laughs> Corey, I mean, Corey, Corey, you're you're an optimistic dude. You're always looking at trying to figure out situations to find things on the bright side. But if anyone remembers at the beginning of the season, we did win prediction totals. I picked four. The over under in Vegas was two point five, and Woodstradamus himself landed on six. He said maybe seven. We'll find out this week. But man, yeah, you crushed it. You nailed it, dude. Yeah, it, it's good to see Joey because a common theme that we talk about is everything that happened in the off season kind of the uncertainty of, of what this team would be, the identity. And, and hats off to, to Brom, the, the head coach, like really turning around this season, the guys for turning around this season, because they were one in three, I believe, right, to start the season. Um, am I yeah, right? Yeah, they're, oh, they're oh and two. Uh, they picked up that win, that non-conference mm-hmm. win, and then they lost again. Yeah, they were one in three. One in three. So start the season, everyone kind of thought, Maybe is there one more win left? Maybe two if if they're lucky. And then I talk about that that Minnesota game w- was kind of that that turnaround game for them. That that critical point in the season where they were either going to go up or down, and they rallied back. Were able to get the dub on there. Like hats off to them because since then they've they've been a lot more consistent offensively. They've been getting things going defensively. They've been generating pressure. Now, we need to talk about the running game, but <laughs> as far as pressure, we've seen consistent sacks from defensive linemen, which we didn't see in the first four weeks, right? Hubbard's still on a streak. He had a half sack in this game, but he's still on a sack streak. It's good to see guys flying around the football, and hey, hats off to David Brown, right? He got he got announced as, as the head coach, so that's a huge thing for, for the team, right? The kind of uncertainty, was this going to be a season deal? Um... I'm still on the fence about this, to be honest with you, Joey, because mm. I really admire what David Brown has done, to, to be honest. He's really, he seems like a likable guy. He's turned around this season. But if I'm looking at from, from a Northwestern football perspective, right, Northwestern has never been able to take the next step to win a Big Ten title recently, right? They've never been able to challenge an Ohio State, a Michigan. And I talked about that. Cliff Kingsbury or someone with that type of name would bring in the offense, the the quarterback that you never had in, in Northwestern's career, right? That that stud, a guy that's a five star, a guy that's going to be playing on Sundays, that's going to be a, in the in the top two rounds. You know, mm-hmm. Northwestern has never had that, right? They've had some very talented quarterbacks, but I think the biggest thing is I thought they would hire somebody like that to take the next step, right? Because if I'm looking at it from a recruiting standpoint, right? If someone hears David Brom's name. They're like, oh, you know, he's he's not a big name by any chance. He has the chance to be someday, but I would have much rather hired somebody that's a huge name, Joey, because I think that would do 
wonders for recruiting. Especially, we talked about the common denominator from when Northwestern does well and they don't. It's the quarterback position. And who better than an offensive guru? So, I'm okay with the decision to, to bring Braun back because I think, I think they wanted to, to make a good situation out of this, right? Because of what he was able to do last year. They only had one win, rallied to six wins this season. They're playing pretty good football. But I just think of from the recruiting standpoint, right, Joey? If you're a top recruit, even if Northwestern was on the radar, would you want to play for him or would you want to play for Ryan Day? You know, well, or look, Jim Harbaugh? That, you know, right, it's, right. It's, yeah, it's it's a great question, man. And uh, look, obviously Ben Bryant made the choice to come over from Cincinnati, obviously to to play quarterback for Northwestern. That's a great step in the right direction. But man, you're bringing up such a great point when you look at guys like, you know, when Sam Hartman changes schools, when Jaden Daniels starts in Arizona State, where he ends up with his career. I mean, this stuff now happens all the time on the regular. It's a normal occurrence for the recruiting process of going out there and finding not just the dudes from high school, but existing players in college programs bringing them into the Northwestern Wildcat program and the system, and then you win off of it. Now, look, man, like, here's the deal. Now, to be very fair, I pulled up the schedule. They, UTEP was week two. Um, so they, they went one and one. Um, but here's a couple of things about it, right? And, and this is, I think, a couple of feathers in the cap of Braun that he deserves, right? If you're looking at this schedule here, um, I'm not seeing – and call me if I'm wrong. Someone shot me out here. I'm not seeing a two-game losing streak on this entire schedule. Okay, like so they did not lose two games in a row once this season, Corey. I think that says yep. a lot about the coaching staff. It says a lot about the players in the room. And then obviously on top of on top of it, when you name him the interim coach into the full-time head coach, we see all the videos on Twitter and on socials about the team and the fans. I mean, excuse me, the team and the players really galvanizing and loving it. And obviously they go out and look, man, they, they played well on both sides of the ball against Purdue, right? They held them to zero points in the first half. Um, they gave up 303 yards rushing, which you're not going to be a big fan of, Corey, but obviously yeah. they got turnovers, they got sacks. They did what they need to do. Again, that was another sign that they responded to Coach Braun getting the full-time gig. So, But here's the rub on that, Corey. All that credit where credit's due, to your point, a lot of these guys are not going to be in the program next year. We got a lot of 60-year seniors Got a lot of guys moving on, so that's the big question, right? You want to reward Braun for what he's done this year, but you're asking a very fair question of is he the answer to take the program to the next step, a program that still needs a lot of work? Exactly. That, that, that's my only question, right? And I understand it, Joey. Like, I understand Northwestern and, and Schill and, and um, you know, the, the, the president, the AD, um, what, what they're thinking behind this, right? We, we named him as the head coach. We're going to reward him as this but the thing is you just got to think of the future right you can't mm -hmm. think of right now and when it comes to recruiting that, that that's the biggest thing that stands out to me right you have david braun or you have jim harborough you have ryan day or you have kirk ferentz or you have some of these legendary coaches um brett bielema right from from illinois right like what's the difference when you're thinking about it if you're competing with all these these programs for recruits, I think that it, what it comes down to now is who's the biggest name, right? Marcus Freeman, right? You, you look at Deion Sanders, Nick Saban. Everybody wants to play for the big name. Why? Because nowadays it matters more so than ever because of the NIL deals. That yep. matters much because it's a business. College used to be like this. 
You put your head down. You work hard. You usually stay in the same program. We don't see too many. Transfer portal has changed the game. Wide like open. Deion Sanders talked about it, Joey. He said it's kind of hurting a lot of these guys coming out of high school now, right? Because there's not as many scholarships available. Because why would you not want to have a guy that's had a COVID year, a guy uh, you know that's, that's a six-year, seventh-year senior? We've seen eight-year seniors sometimes. It's unbelievable. Like, people have been playing for a long time because of the COVID year. So why would you not want a guy that's proven, that's been in systems, that's had experience over college? So it's, it's, it's just such a different game. And that's my only thing I was thinking of because I love what he's been able to do. I thought maybe they'd retain him, you know, as a D coordinator and stuff. But obviously, if they're bringing in a new staff, they'd probably clean house anyway. But it's just yeah. a tough situation because it, it just brings up that point about – what are the next steps and what are you trying to accomplish from Northwestern? Do you want to be a middle-of-the-pack team that sometimes has a good season here or there? Or do you want to be a powerhouse, right? And yeah. I look at the schedule, right? And I think the Maryland game was a critical game, the Minnesota. But they're not playing Ohio State this year. They're not playing Michigan. Play Michigan. Penn State in the second half beat the brakes off them. So when you talk about the yeah. top three teams – they haven't been able to compete with them for a long time. And that's what I'm talking about for Northwestern, to take them to the next level. Like when Gary Barnett was here, when Randy Walker first got here, right, when they won a Big Ten title. That's what I'm trying to get Northwestern to be. And I think they can be that. But it, it's a game now, Joey. It's not how it used to be. It's it's NIL deal, and it's who whoever head coach has the biggest name. Corey, try and explain something for me because, look, I, I understand – you know, the, the optics of it can make it seem like that there's a discomfort there. And I, I think in other industries, I think you can easily pull it off. But for some reasons in sports, you cannot pull it off. You just mentioned Braun came in. He got put into a difficult position. The guy has never been a head coach really at any kind of level ever. Um, he just got the defensive coordinator role in the FBS in general. So why mm -hmm. would it be so uncomfortable to have just made him the defensive coordinator um, and given him that role and then brought in a head coach, I mean, you go, oh, ruffle feathers, he's already been in charge, he's the guy everyone leads and looks to in the room, but we're already talking yeah. about a team that's looking at massive turnover, massive yeah. turnover on the starting side, on both sides of the football. You've been in locker rooms before. Is it really that weird? Would it have been that weird to have just made him a defensive coordinator and go out and get an offensive-minded head coach for the next 10 years? I, I don't I don't think so at all, um, especially when, when you're looking at it because I think he's proven defensively that he can get the job done right. They got they got to clean up some things, but I think it's hard sometimes because a different head coach would be like, "No, nah, I'm not relying on this guy that I haven't worked with before. I don't know the ins and outs of his scheme and system, and then bring him here." So I think it would have to be clean house. Um, I understand it, but. It's just, it's just back to that point about taking the next step, right? Taking the next step as a Northwestern program. Because for the longest, they, they always say, oh, yeah, they'll have a couple good years here or there, and then they'll have a couple bad years. But how, how about instead of the bad years, have very consistent years, and then your great years, you're competing for a Big Ten title, right? That's what I'd like to see from Northwestern. Take the next step and start to get better recruits with this NIL. There's no reason, especially – a school like Northwestern with, with 
the intelligence level of a lot of these quarterbacks to be able to get into a school like Northwestern, we, we got a little bit different circumstances we're fighting against, right? You got you have a little different standards than the traditional, um, you know, D1 teams. But I think if, if they can recruit the quarterback position, like get a stud, you know, intelligent guy that is a dude, I think that'll put Northwestern. You, you just look at all the teams that are that are balling right now, right? Michael Penix, uh, J.J. McCarthy, right? Uh, the reason why they're not predicting Ohio State, right, to, to go there potentially is because they're quarterback. Penn yeah. State, same thing, right? Penn State has a great defense. They have a defense that can play with anybody. But offensively, they just can't get it done. Florida State loses Jordan Travis, and all of a sudden they're out of the CFP altogether. And they won. They won over the weekend, Corey. So, I mean, yeah. So quarter quarterbacks matter. Quarterback is king. And so I guess, like, my other thing, too, as well, is that – the part of it that's kind of rubbing me a certain way is like, look, man, like, I think it really is important to try and celebrate this Wildcat season because I think the expectations were so low after such a um, distrustful and honestly kind of unseemly summer um, for the entire program. I mean, me and you were every single week, we're like, holy moly, you know, five wins, six yep. wins. But, Corey, let's be honest, man. Next year, though, if they're six and five heading into the final week of the season, I don't think it's going to hit the same way, right? I think there's going to be a level of disappointment. I think we're just kind of, per the, per the proportion of the expectation of this season, I mean, I'm wildly impressed and honestly kind of entertained by this six-win season, hopefully seven wins exactly. versus Illinois. But, I mean, next year, right, you can't sell that story again. So bringing Braun yeah. back, there's now results that are attached to that. Exactly. That, that, that's kind of my fear because I told you, Northwestern, this was a classic season for them where you don't expect anything they mm -hmm. overperform, right? And and they and they, <laughs> they they beat a lot of teams that they shouldn't have beaten, and that's classic Northwestern. But to take the next step, you have to consistently be in games and and not have those bad losses, right? You look at the good teams, um, even comparing Detroit to Chicago this past weekend in the NFL, right? Detroit gave Chicago every chance to win that game, right? Jared Goff was turning the football over. And they still couldn't get it done. Why? Because good teams know how to get it done and win the games, even when they're playing awful. So that that's the difference between a Northwestern and a Michigan and Ohio State. Um, I want them to get to that level, and I think they can. Because think about if they get the NIL deals popping at Northwestern. Yeah. Like think about all the wealthy alumni. You know, Patrick Ryan, C, uh, CEO of Aon Corporation, right? Billionaire. He built the stadium. He's build, building the new stadium. He's putting a lot of money into that. All the successful people at Northwestern, there's no reason why we should not have one of the best NIL funds in all of college football, right? The prestigious university with a track record of excellence in every field out there. A lot of successful uh, multimillionaires, billionaires. So Northwestern, if they want to compete, they have to get that NIL deal. And Jacob Smith is a guy I play with, and he's running that NIL. So maybe we'll get him on here and, and kind of talk maybe with what they're going to be doing going forward to really help and build that and grow and be able to compete with some of these teams out there. Oh, that's a great call. Um, we would love to have him here on the Wildcat Playbook. Um, we got a couple more minutes left to go in our show this week. Um, Corey, man, I, I want to – if it's cool, man, I want to do some shout-outs. Uh, if you want to shout-out a Northwestern player, go for it. But I want to do a quick shout-out for a guy here right now that honestly uh, really showed up last week. Um, I think, 
you know, on the regular, I think a lot of teams, when we're talking about the Northwestern Wildcat offense, you know, other teams are kind of making fun of us. But we have a deeper set of weapons than people realize. And I just mm-hmm. got to shout out this one guy, man. Like, honestly, I've been talking about him all year. and I just really appreciate him. I got to shout out Cam Johnson, man. Now, this mm-hmm. is a guy. Now, look, he's only he's tied for the team lead in receiving touchdowns. I think he's second behind Kurtz in receiving yards because Kurtz had that huge game for 215 yards. But, you know, every single week we talk about the quarterback position. Can they get the run game going? The electric ability of Joseph Hyman. A.J. Henning's always making a play. But, you know what, man? Cam Johnson, you'd appreciate this, man, on former teams, is as steady as it comes. Um, If you pull it up, he's had over eight games with at least 40 receiving yards. And in the one, one of the games that he didn't have 40 receiving yards, he scored a touchdown. So, you know what? In the ups and downs of this entire season, when we're talking about how we felt at the beginning of the year to where we are now, going bowling at 6-5, and five, I just want to shout this guy out, man. I mean, like, these are, these are foundational pieces. He's kind of been a glue factor on offense. And every single week, maybe nothing flashy, he gets 40, 50 yards here and there. And then last week, of course, he has that fantastic run for 60-plus yards. So that is my shout-out of the week. Cam Johnson on the Wildcats, man. Um, yeah. You have shown up from day one, and you continue to perform. Shout-out to him. Exactly. That's that, that, that's awesome, man. You, you got to show him a little love. And a guy I got to shout out, Cam Porter, right? Yeah. I, I love the energy he brings. Two touchdowns in this game. Almost went for over 100. Averaging almost six yards a pop. Um, just been a consistent force in there. And he doesn't have the juice that Hyman is, but he's quick. He's powerful. And Northwestern, when they need a big play, they need a first down, they need a touchdown, He's come, he's come through. So, so Cam Porter, hats off to you. I would like to get your guy Hyman because then we get the thunder and lightning going. It'd be nice to see that, Joey. I don't think they give Hyman enough uh, touches. But Cam Porter, salute you, man. Running backs, they don't get enough credit nowadays. So I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta give you your flowers. Yeah, these are these are players, Wildcats players that we're thankful for this season. That's for sure. A um, couple more topics, real quick, before we get out of here. Uh, the first one, obviously, Corey. Uh, everybody's talking about it. Everyone will be watching, uh, quote unquote, the game coming this Saturday, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, I want to get your take on who you think has the edge. Who do you think's going to win? Mm. Where are you going to be watching it? Um, and give us a quick breakdown, man. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I think. Uh, wow, this this is this is a game that for a while has been really lopsided, right? When you talk about Ohio State and Michigan, yeah. Ohio State since two, early 2000s up until two years ago. I mean, they've controlled that rivalry. I think Michigan only won two games maybe in a span of almost 20 years. Um, so Ohio State has really controlled that. Now Michigan has had it back-to-back years. And it's just been so interesting, right, because I, I, I uh, did broadcasting with Braylon Edwards from Michigan, and I know he's loving it. And back when we were do- working on the Big Ten Network together, he was hating it because Ohio State was whooping him. And, and vice versa. So all the Michigan guys are loving it now. Ohio State guys are like, oh, we, when I played, you know, it wasn't like that. So it's, it's, it's the back and forth that I love. And there's no rivalry like it, right? It's, it's similar to like a Green Bay Chicago, right? It's, it's been lopsided for a while, right? And all of a sudden, one team overtakes it. And um, that's what I'm hoping <laughs> Chicago can do. Now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, they can overtake this rivalry. They lost the, the first one, but... Same thing like Michigan's doing, right? They're taking back what's theirs, right? Because 
in in the seventies, eighties, you know, they were they were rocking, and and now now they're back again. So I think they're going to win this game. I think it comes down to to the quarterback position. That's it's a big theme in college football this year. I think JJ McCarthy playing lights out right now. I love what he's been able to do, and Michigan, right? They haven't had a quarterback like him in a while, really. I, I think the the best quarterback they probably had since him has probably been what Chad Henney, maybe. Um, um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Henny's a true like true. You can't count Brady. Can, yeah, you can't really count Brady, right? Yeah. he split time um, with uh, exactly split time with the, with the dude who went off and played baseball. Uh, yeah, Chad Chad yeah. Henny seems like the the call there of an actual guy that ended up going on and playing in the NFL and was good signal caller. It, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, but it's it's. Um, I think I think it comes down to the quarterback play. That's what allows teams to be very consistent in college football. It seems like this year, mm-hmm. and in any level, right? The quarterback position. Once you can get that figured out, you can get a consistent force in there—a guy that can make plays with his legs, with his arm, and limit the turnovers. That's the key, you know. And then you look at the running game with Corum. Been unbelievable what he's been able to do. So that's why JJ McCarthy. He's talented, but. Having the run game there, being able to work the play action, I think that just fits right into it. And I think they're going to win three in a row this year, Joey, against Ohio State. And uh, I think a lot of Buckeye fans are going to be upset. Well, yeah, they're going to be upset because that could possibly pop them out of the <laughs> CFP. If Ohio State loses, do you think they get it launched out of the top four? I guess it, hap- it depends on what happens with Bama and Georgia, right? Um, but we've seen exactly. Washington slip into the top four right now. Um, is this kind of like a winner goes home in terms of the CFP for you for our two Big Ten teams? That's what we that's what we thought last year too, and it ended up working out. So I, you never know yeah. how how they're gonna view things, right? Both teams have played pretty well and and haven't lost, but you just never know. You know, I think it's it's interesting because Florida State right now they're 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 out of the consideration. Um, I wonder if they're gonna give a team like Washington, you know, a chance. A legitimate chance you know I know the strength of the schedule factors in but what Penix and company have been able to do over there has been pretty impressive um, they put up points um, so it's gonna be interesting to see it's 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 always that time when you're watching it you know right before kind of leading up to the selection you're wondering which way they're gonna go how they're gonna mm-hmm. view things you know strength the schedule are they factoring in something more than another this one game in particular that one loss are they holding against you, or are they saying, oh, they're one of the better teams? So that's why we saw Ohio State and Michigan get in uh, last year, and it, it's it's going to be interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it. It just stinks because I think they're two of the top teams, and I think it just, it just stinks that there has to be one team that loses at that point, and it would have been awesome to see them both face off in the finals in the championship. Um, yeah. It was close. It was close because both teams played well. But hey, I'm I'm just excited because Michigan is back. It makes this rivalry that much better. It was, it, you know, watching it in, in in the previous years, you weren't as excited for it because you knew you knew Michigan wasn't able to compete. You know, when Rich Rodriguez is there, good good luck. You know, a little bit afterwards, they were getting better. But I think Jim Harbaugh took them took them to the next place, and it's gonna be interesting to see this year with the Bears if they go out and try to poach a guy like him. You know, throw him a lot of money. Because he, he is a, a brilliant offensive mind. Look what he's done with Colin Kaepernick in the past. Look what he's done with Andrew Luck in college, J.J. McCarthy. 
He's known as, as, as a developer of the QB position, and that's something in Chicago, whether it's Justin Fields or they draft somebody, that could be a good fit, Joey. I mean, your lips, your lips to God's ears on that one because um, they definitely need a change in Chicago, that's for sure. Yeah, man, I, you're, you're making – you're making a great point. My thing is that I, I'm my personal stance right now is I'm probably leaning because of the politics. If Michigan loses, I think they have a stronger chance of getting dropped out of the top four than Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think of Ohio State lost. I still think there is a world that they could hang on to that four spot. Um, and of course, obviously, if Bama beats Georgia, you know all bets are off um, in terms of mm-hmm. the order. You know what I mean of the four making them. Yep. But there's a part of me that just kind of thinks maybe college football wouldn't mind Michigan not being in the college football playoff. I mean, in the yeah. short term, they're going to get a lot. They're going to get a great rating uh, with Harbaugh, you know, returning to the sideline for a playoff game. Um, but that can only stretch so far because at the end of the day, I think it does come down to the kids, the athletes, the players. And maybe college football would just be, you know, it would be cool just maybe Michigan – not being in the playoff this year. Don't have to worry about it. <laughs> don't have to sanction. Yeah. Don't have to pull any banners down. Don't have to do anything else like that. So we'll have to see. Uh, Corey, before we get out of here, it's Thanksgiving, man. Just tell the good people, man. Uh, give me, I don't know, give me your top two or three uh, favorite Thanksgiving foods. And we're going to roll out of here. Man, I'm a, I'm a big ham guy. I don't really like turkey, to be honest with you. I know it's uh, controversial. Ah. But I, th- I think, honestly, like, even even I've smoked the turkey, and that's been better um deep fried it before i just there's something about that that ham with the brown sugar um that just that just hits different so i think it's got to be ham um mac and cheese for sure yes and then if i had to pick my it would probably be uh candied yam sweet potato that my grandmother makes so those those are probably my three favorites and then for dessert it's got to be the uh the the apple pie slash cobbler a la mode, you know, with the, with the ice cream scoop on there. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably. What about you? I'm a turkey guy, so we would get along just oh. fine. I like, the, nice. I like the turkey. I like the turkey probably over the ham. Uh, give me some great gravy on there. I love, like, this kind of sounds simple, but I love, like, a lumpy mashed potato. You know what I mean? Yep. It's got creamy, but it's still got a little bit of the lumps in it. You drop the butter in there. I think that's super rad. Uh, mac and yep. cheese, a thousand and ten percent. And then the last yep. one is I make it every year, so maybe this is a little bit of a. It's either a nostalgia thing or I'm just being selfish right now. I do like a cornbread casserole. Um, okay. So it's like a cornbread, but you're in, you're incorporating like a cream corn, regular corn, yep. a little sour cream, nice. a little butter, and okay. you get like a little bit of that mm. kind of going on. I usually nice. that makes me think about it. And nice. then bread. So, so question. Shit ton yeah. of bread. You know what I love? Those little crescent rolls. Those are those are my favorite. Oh, right? The little, God, yes. little 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 like croissants. You know those yeah, things. Yeah, you slice them. Oh, you get that so butter good. in there. You fold them and you like leave nice, it for nice about thirty. Come exactly, on back. Exactly. And and then, and then the itis that you get after you eat, you know, especially when you're watching football, your dad or, or grandfather is 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 uh, nodding off because he's so tired and because <laughs> mm-hmm. that tryptophan hitting different out of the go. turkey. It'll be uh, it'll be twenty eight to seven Cowboys over the Commanders, and you'll be like one eye open, slowly slowly going down for the count, and that's what you do exactly. on the holiday, and that's what makes it amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing about Thanksgiving, man, Joey, is is I think. 
people lose sight of it sometimes, but I think it's big about family, right? And that doesn't always just mean your your direct family, you know, because a lot of people have friends that are family as well. So I know people do the Friendsgiving thing if they can't be around the regular family. But there's a lot to be thankful of and, and spend time with your with your family or friends or family, whatever you want to call it. But we all have a lot to be thankful for. And sometimes going through our daily lives, we kind of lose track of that, right, because of all our obligations or what we have at work or this. But we all have a lot to be grateful uh, from, grateful for my family, grateful for, for working with you, man. It's been awesome. We've been going on for three, four years now. So it's, I finally met you in person this year. So I appreciate you and, and what you bring to the table, man. And, and it's been awesome seeing you grow and seeing us grow together. So really thankful for that, man. Um, I'm incredibly uh, – dude, that was so well said. Uh, yeah, I'm incredibly thankful to obviously um, our presenting company here, Beyond the Big Ten. Um, what better way to just get together uh, and, and talk about sports and you get a chance to put it in a microphone and then you get to interact and hear the reactions of fans around you and we get to have conversations about yeah. it. Um, and it isn't about being right, it isn't about being wrong, but it's just about being passionate about it at the end of the day. Uh, man, I, I, I don't know if I can really add much more than what you just said. It was so well said. I will say maybe my only advice is obviously uh, to Corey's point, um, if you feel compelled to uh, bring up maybe um, have an inflammatory conversation or, or bring up a topic uh, that you feel like <laughs> maybe um, something that will going to bring in a bunch of different opinions, I don't know, maybe table it and just have another crescent <laughs> roll. You know what I'm saying? Just I don't know, yeah. just appreciate appreciate the people around you and smile and be thankful for the things that you have, which is the food and the friends and the family that are around you. Um, and maybe leave some of the more in inflammatory rhetoric um, for a different day. And I promise you those problems will still be there the very next day. But maybe you can just kind of table that for a second and, and just have yourself a nice time. That's probably my recommendation. Hey. Exactly. It's never as good as it seems, never as bad as it seems. So sometimes you got to put your pride to the side and go with the flow, right? You got to pick your battles, just just like on the football field or any sport, rather. You got to pick your battles in life. So li live, live, to, live to see another down, live to fight another down. And um, that, yeah. that's how I've always looked at everything. But yeah, extremely grateful for all the opportunities and, and, and blessings we've all had. And it's it's been a, it's been a fun ride, fun journey. And uh, not only for us, but Northwestern this season and um, what uh, Beyond the Big Ten has, has been able to bring to the table, right? We did a great tailgate over at Northwestern Penn State game. Looking looking to do that in the future, right? That would be something that's awesome. Really gaining traction in there. Um, so shout out to, to Evan Turner and the rest of the Beyond the Big Ten team. And Joe, you're killing it doing the football, doing multiple shows with other people, doing the uh, Big Ten basketball as well. Now the season started. So, yeah, shout-out to Joey. Joey, you continue to kill it. And, uh, yeah, just keep doing your thing, my man. Uh, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, you inspire me every day. I'm only, like, I need, like, three or four more jobs to get up to Corey Wooten status. Because, uh, my man, <laughs> you're, you're, you're everywhere. You're everywhere and you're doing everything, man. Um, and and I'm, I'm so uh, proud to just be in your sphere to watch your success and your uh, star continue to shine, dude. Um it's the best. It really is the best, man. And the future, Thank you, brother. Future's, future's bright for both of us, man. And uh, always, 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 always rooting for your success. 
Um, Thank you, guys, that's going to do it. That's going to do it on a Wildcat playbook, you guys. Uh, the cats are six and five. We got a holiday coming up. You're about to see your friends, your loved ones. Uh, we're going to have food on your plate, and then they get to play Illinois next week to possibly go to seven and five. And then we could talk about some ball matchups next week. So thank you so much for tuning into this show right here at Beyond the Big Ten. Follow us at Beyond the Big Ten. Wherever you get your socials, uh, we're going to be covering college basketball all season long. College football is it's coming to an end, but we have some off-season plans, some really interesting, exclusive off-season plans that hopefully we'll be able to present to you guys soon. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, if you appreciate this show, we would be thankful if you would tell a friend or two to check us out. Um, until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Go Cats. We go on bowling. We'll be back. Hey.